Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Truly, happy Mother's Day. Stand with me if, we, if you would. Happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. I found out that that was, I think Uncle Si said that, didn't he? No, it was Phil. I got corrected the other day. Happy, happy, happy Mother's Day, which has nothing to do. Many women's like, I don't know about that. Hey, we're glad that you guys are here. If you'd open up your Bibles and turn to Exodus, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians. We just want to let you know how much we enjoy you. Can we give it up for the worship team one more time? That's the second time they've done that today. It takes more than you know to do what they do. We want to let you know how grateful we are. Here in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, we see the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And then we see in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, I will say, when me growing up, you may live long meant different than maybe what it does today. But uh, we had a little bit dis- different disciplinary action growing up. Anybody with me on that? Yeah, yeah. What'd you get beat with? Whatever was handy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wasn't that bad. It, it gets worse as you get older, doesn't it? doesn't it? Father, we love you and we thank you for your grace and your mercy. As we bow our hearts and we celebrate mothers today, we say thank you for this privilege. Thank you for this opportunity, God. We honor our mothers and we thank you for them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, everyone says... Amen, amen. Go ahead and be seated. Wave at your neighbor. If your mama's sitting next to you or your wife and she's a good mama, go ahead, give her a hug and say, you're a great mama. Maybe even like Tony the Tiger, you're great. I've been wanting to do that all service. However you're streaming, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We want to let you know how important you are, how much we love you, and happy Mother's Day to wherever you're streaming from. Here in Exodus, it shows us the heart of God that we are to honor. So this morning, my intention is simply maybe to remind you of some things that you already know, but we're going to give honor where honor is due. And this is what I'm convinced of. If you honor those who God tells you to honor, you're doing the right thing. Can I get an amen? I believe that. So that's what we're going to do this morning. But I don't want to jump in too fast before I go extremely fast. What I want to do is kind of hit the brakes for a moment and say, we realize that days like this are difficult for many people. Maybe this is your first time your mother has passed away. Maybe this is the first time for a grandmother that's passed away or some situation. And we just want to let you know that we're aware of that and we're praying for you. Maybe you're in the situation where I just really never had a great example of a mother and I'm trying to figure this out. So these days kind of create mixed emotions and we want to let you know that those are very real feelings. And we want to let you know we're praying for you. And we hope that, that you just be able to get through it the best you can because sometimes it's just about making it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're going to prosper on the other side. But right now, these wheels are spinning. I'm going to push through it and make it. And we want to let you know that we're on your side. But we are here to celebrate mothers. We're here to celebrate great mothers. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah, we have some great mothers in our congregation. Now, I want to celebrate mothers, and maybe that's your biological mom. Maybe it's your stepmom. Maybe it's your adopted mom. Maybe it's just a mother, a church mother. Can I get a shout-out for some church mothers around here? Yes. Yeah. 
What in the world is a church mother? Those are the ones that's praying for you and you don't even know they're praying for you. Those are the ones who's come and cleaned and set things up and got parties ready for you and taught in Sunday school. You can't even remember their name, but they treated you like a son or daughter. Oh, Jesus. I feel like preaching this morning. Excited about honoring mothers, but there's some characteristics that I want to jump into. Just quick, four quick characteristics. And if you're in the building and you're like, man, or maybe you're, you're streaming and you're like, I just, I don't have that example. Well, we're hoping to give you an example and some things to follow, but I also want you to look around. We have some really great mothers at Raya Hope Church, don't we? We have some really, really great mothers. And if you're thinking, man, I need an example, well, look around, go find one, because there's plenty of them. Can I get a hearty amen? Amen, amen. I like it when you guys talk back. It lets me know you're not sleeping. All right? Yeah, yeah, so don't, it's okay to shout me down. It's all right. It doesn't bother me. But here, as we, can, as we start, I guess, as we continue, as we start, there's some things that uh, I see. And, and I see that through Scripture, mothers are referred to different, different, different ways. Now, I don't know how you are at your house. Maybe you're referred to as mama or mommy, mom. I know at my house, my daughter's 11. She's over here to my left. I'm not going to embarrass her. But her vocabulary changed in the last couple years. It went from mama and mommy to mom. Oh, my wife was like, whoa, wait a second. Something has changed. What happened? Do I got any ladies in the house that know what we're talking about here? What happened? Well, it's, there's nothing wrong with mama. You can call me mommy till you're 172. That's okay. You know, but you know how it is. You get in your teen years and your early 20s, and then you kind of think you know everything. You think some things are uncool. And then you finally realize you're not the smallest person on the earth. And when you get older, you're like, Mom and Daddy, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I don't know what you're referred to, but we're here to celebrate you this morning and let you know thank you for doing a great job. Not a perfect job. Now, we're not here to celebrate perfect mothers. Now, some of you guys might think that you have the most perfect mother, and I hope so. But I also realize that it's hard to be perfect. Nobody will enter in the gates of heaven because they were a perfect mom or a perfect dad or a perfect friend. But it's people who have their faith and hope and trust in Jesus Christ. And say, God, I'm trying to do this thing the best way that I can. And I want to be great for your kingdom. Because moms are important. They're important to our society, our community, our church, strong families, strong kids. We get to change some things in society. Thank you, moms, for all the nurturing that you've done. But there's some things that we see here, and the first thing as I jump right in is that great moms always have a great love, don't they? This great unconditional love that's hard to understand, that's hard to talk about, it's hard to express. It's one of those loves that's both strong and gentle. It's both strong and gentle. It's the mom that looks at you and said, now I done told you what to do. Do I need to remind you? Strong but gentle. Okay, loud and quiet. You're sitting in the church pew acting up, acting a fool, and your mama just looks at you. It's like she screamed at you, and you just kind of put your hands down to your side. Or this is one I got all the time. My mom would just look at me and be like, it'll be okay, I'm going to go home and talk to your dad. Well, I straightened up. And I did. I did. What'd you get beat with? No, I'm playing. I'm just kidding. A mother's love, unrelenting and yielding. That, that, that mother's love that you have a, a horrible breakup, young person. And your mama looks at you, and she says... Boy, girl, pull yourself together. There's no use crying over spilt milk. Have you guys heard that one before? Pull yourself together. Pull your chest out and act like a man or act like a young lady. You go to school and you don't let them know that they, you've been hurt by them. Anybody that's happened to? Yeah. But yet you come home from school and your mom is the first one on the bed to sit down beside you and say, now tell me about your day. How did you really feel? How did it really go? She yields to it. 
Yeah, she wants you to be strong and she wants you to be tough and pursue those dreams. But she understands that sometimes they're just hard. And moms, I want to say thank you for your great love. Thank you for that great love. And there's also the great love of protecting and releasing. Oh, you moms are so good at this. You, you want to protect them, but you want to release them all at the same time. It's whenever the mom looks at you and says, now don't go out there and make a fool of yourself. You know how to act. She didn't say you couldn't go. She just said you're going to go out there. Or how about this one? Now don't do anything because one decision in a minute could change the rest of your life. You'd have some evidence running around. You have to be careful. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> Come on. We have to have real conversations with our children, and mothers are the best at this because they have a love that releases us, but at the same time, that protects us. And as I look in the Bible, I see Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, and I won't read it all, but it's about an amazing woman named Jochebed. And Jochebed has a son named Moses. Now, he's not called, till, called Moses until later. But she's in a dilemma because the, the Pharaoh has ordered that all the Hebrew children, the boys, die at an early age because of overpopulation and these type of things. They were becoming too strong. She hides Moses for three months. Can you imagine that? Trying to hold a three month, hide a three-month-old. For three months she does because she wants to protect him. But she gets to a point where she realizes that I have to release him. I have to turn him over into the Lord's hands. So as we know the story, she fashions a little raft, a little basket, and puts him in it and floats him down the river. And of course, walking through the reeds is his older sister, Miriam. Whose ideal do you think that was? Probably mamas, huh? Yeah, yeah, hopefully I just brought something maybe you never thought about. Miriam's walking down the side, and sure enough, that basket floats into the arms of Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh says, Pharaoh's daughter says, this must be a Hebrew child. I want to keep him. Miriam waddles up there. You want me to go find a Hebrew woman? <laughs> Why, yes, I do. Then Moses is raised by his mom. And ladies, at the same time that Moses is being raised by his mom, she gets paid for it. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah, that's a way better laugh than the first service, Pastor. <laughs> what a great idea. But then there's a second releasing that happens. And see, that first releasing we're kind of used to. Last week we celebrated, uh, we celebrated where we dedicated babies. Isn't that beautiful when they come up here at the front and we dedicate them? That's kind of what, what, in some ways, what, what, what Jochebed was doing. God, I'm, I'm releasing them into your hands, but I know that I'm still going to be here to kind of protect and lead and guide, and, and I want to honor you. Now, you might have not come up to the front of the church and done that, but I know that at some point you said, God, help me raise this child, help me raise this boy or girl in a way that honors you. And you understand Jochebed, don't you, mamas? You understand him. But later on, there's this second releasing that happens, and now the baby's weaned, and she knows that it's got to go back to, Moses has to go back to Pharaoh. So now, all of a sudden, the mama releases her child into a brand new atmosphere, into a brand new situation, into a brand new language, into brand new influences, into things that she can't really control. And if you're a mama with great love, you understand how that makes you feel on the inside because your love wants to protect, but you know you've got to push them out of the nest and release them. For some of you, it was mamas whenever you took your child to university and you dropped them off and you came back in the car one less person. Tears running down your face knowing that they're about to get some influences, but God, they're in your control. For some, it may be setting up your child in a different city, in a different state, and, and you're working with them to get their apartment, and then you leave. And you're like, God, just, I'm going to release them. I have to push them out of the nest and let you do it. 
For some, it might be that first job. You're dropping them off at their first job or you're helping them get to it and all of a sudden they've got a boss and, and co-workers and it's a completely different atmosphere and you've held them in close and protected them. But because you understand, moms, your love is so great that you understand that I have to release. I have to release. But I want to protect because with your great love, you know that you're just a phone call away. <laughs> Doesn't matter where they're at in the world, does it? Doesn't matter what time it is. All they have to do is call and say, Mom, I need you. Where do I need to go, baby? That could be a 35-year-old that could say that. How can I help you? What do I need to do? Because of your great love. So you understand what Jochebed was going through. You understand that she was doing her best to do what God had called her to do to save this baby's life. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for your great love because you've done so many things that maybe people have looked at and said, why are you doing that with your child? Yet you've heard from God and you've done it anyways. You've been backed into a corner and you didn't know what to do. But because of your great love, you said, I will not stay still. I will not be where I'm at. I will push my child out. I will support them and I will protect them. And thank you you for that great love it's an unconditional love it's a love that's hard to describe it's a love that runs deep abigail adams the wife to the second president of the united states john adams you can imagine how hard that job would be following george washington Woo. here he is the second president of the united states now and he's trying to set up all these things and his wife abigail now has five children that live to adulthood She's now at the farm, and she's balancing everything she has with the farm. She's balancing everything that she has that her husband would usually take care of. Now he's out of pocket, and you can uh, just, just imagine the tremendous amount of stress on her. But one thing she didn't forget was her kids and all of that. She would sit down, and she would educate them, and she would read to them, and she would love them. She'd work her way through the stress and pour her life into them. Of course, we know the rest of the story that John Quincy Adams was one of those children that later on became president. So in the midst of the toughest circumstance where she's trying to do so much and her husband's out of pocket, she didn't forget about her kids. Why? Because of that great love. That great love makes it impossible. No matter where your kids are at, no matter what you're going through, Mom, it's impossible to get rid of that great love. And we as a church just want to say thank you. Thank you for your great love. But this is what we know. With every great love follows great action, which is really the second part of this, that we have great love, but great moms also have great sacrifice the hard thing about sacrifice is it's not always what we see we see the sacrifice as children we see the sacrifice as husbands and we we look into your life in peer but what we don't realize is the sacrifice we don't see sometimes if we think the sacrifice that we see is great we are to see some of that sacrifice that we don't see thank you mothers for doing that we're here to celebrate you we're here to call you out in a way and say come forth because we recognize that sacrifice, it's hard to identify because we're not a woman. It's, it's hard to identify with that type, but we know that it's real, that it's true, and that it's difficult, and we say thank you for doing that. We know that upon birth, your body's changed. Just a simple, say simple, excuse me, let me retract that. That's not simple. Nothing about giving birth is simple, I'm sorry. Do not throw rotten tomatoes, but you deserve to, okay? I, I'll give you no, the, the, the incredible change that your body goes through, the sacrifice, how your body changes, the sacrifice of sleep and time and foods and future dreams, that might be one of the hardest ones. You're on your way through college, you're, 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 you're getting yourself set up for that next part in your life, but because of a child, it's not that you 
push your future away, you just put it to the side and say, that can wait, but my kids can't. Because a great mother has great sacrifice. I know with my, daughter, uh, with my wife the other day, she had an opportunity to, to apply for a job and it would be a, a promotion. And she got going and she got it all going and, and she had her name in the hat, not saying that she would have got it or wouldn't have got it, but she heard what she felt like from God. She called me and she said, Matt, she said, I feel like I can't take that job, that situation, because what I need to be is a mom with Callie where I'm at. And of course, I was like, are you sure? Because it's like a 20% raise. I just want to make sure that we're hearing from God. Because that would be nice. The way the dad thinks, nurture, nature. <laughs> gotta pay some bills. No, I'm just kidding. I want a jet ski. No, I'm just kidding. We gotta be a parent. Gotta be a parent. Gotta be a parent, right? But your moms know what that is. And that's great sacrifice that's hard to understand. In Judges chapter 13, verse 4 and 5, we see Samson's wife, he, or Samson's mother, she's married to a man named Manoah. Verses, uh, Judges chapter 13, verses 4 through 5. Therefore, be careful and drink. So an angel is visiting her. And right before she's even conceived Samson, before she's come together with her husband, there's already sacrifice. It's saying, if you want this, this is what it's going to take. And you moms know it so well. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a resident. A Nazarite to God. From the womb he shall begin to save Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And it's very interesting as she goes and tells her husband Manoah this. Manoah comes back and visits with that man of God or with that angel. And one of the first things that is said in chapter 13, verse 13, the angel says, Let the woman pay attention. Now, only if you're an angel can you really say that. That's not even safe to say as a husband. But, he, but, but it's interesting to me, he goes, Let, are you paying attention? Because there's going to be some sacrifice, and it's going to be great. See, you're going to have to raise your kid whenever your friend's kids are out doing whatever they're doing. You're going to have to raise them different, and they're going to look at you, and your peers are going to question you. But you moms know what this is talking about, because you raise kids to be Christians in a non-Christian environment. And you're choosing for your kids not to partake of some stuff and not to do some things. And other people looking in is not understanding why. And you have to stand back and say, because the Lord told me to. And you sacrifice emotions. You sacrifice being made fun of and talked behind by your back. Come on, let's get real now. But you do it anyways. Because it's not a matter of what people think about you. It's a matter of raising your kids in a way that honors God. And we thank you for that. Thank you for that sacrifice. Thank you for that sacrifice. You understand Samson's mom. You understand that Samson was a very special child with all kinds of strength. And that many times he would embarrass her. Many times he would, she would go up to him and be like, are you sure you want to do this? Have you ever, has your mom ever looked at you and said, are you sure you want to do this? That usually means don't do it. That's what that means, just cluing young people in here. Are you sure you want to do this? That means probably not. Probably not. But there were some things that he did and it cost him, but you see his mom walking along with him. She didn't abandon him. She didn't run off. She just stayed with him. Because great moms have great sacrifice. They sacrifice pride. They sacrifice emotion. They sacrifice things that just seem crazy because they have that great love. So mothers, we say thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice of your bodies. Thank you for the sleepless nights. Thank you for putting your dreams to the side. You know, it's a really hard thing to be able to feed yourself dreams when you're feeding the whole family dreams, huh? 
How many times have you walked up to a table and saw the father eating, two or three kids eating, and the mama's food's getting cold because she's feeding the baby? Sure, it's hard to feed yourself with encouragement and love when you're feeding everybody else with encouragement and love. And that's what y'all do. So husbands and children, we can, we can scotch them, we can help them. Let's make sure that we encourage our mothers. Say that we appreciate the sacrifice, that we love you and we see it. Can we do that? I think we can. That would be a good place to say amen. That's the reason why I paused. Okay? Trying to help you out, man. That's all right. I'll take, I'm greedy. I'll take it all for myself. Sweetheart, I love you. Okay? Great mom. Okay. But there's tremendous sacrifice that we see there, and we say thank you. Sojourner Truth is a woman that many of you mothers can relate to. Sojourner Truth was a slave. She escaped slavery with a daughter. Then she found out later that her five-year-old son was being sold illegally. Now, let me, let me say this. We don't believe that any, owning any human being is good, legal, or, or biblical, or anything else. But in the context of the story, in 1826, that's what happened. So Junior Journal Truth went through all, all kinds of things to raise the money to be able to afford a lawyer to go get her son from that slave owner. And she did it. And she even won the case. Now I want you to think about that. and Think about what she went through. She had just come out of slavery. She has a daughter. Yet she still raises the funds to go down there and afford the lawyer that she needed. As I even tell that story, many of you women out there that are amazing moms, that are great moms, you're putting yourself in her place even as I speak and say, yeah, the temptations had it wrong. Ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough. No, that was to a mom to their children. Because whatever I've got to go do to get to my kid, I will do it. There's no material possession that's worth it. There's no bank account that's worth it. They, if I have to get a little bit emotionally fatigued or mentally fatigued or physically fatigued, that's okay because I'm going to go after my child. Because you're a woman of great sacrifice. And we recognize that and we say thank you. Thank you for being women of great sacrifice. Thank you for what you do. But with great love and great sacrifice also comes this understanding of great trust. You, you, you women are entrusted with little hearts. What an honor and a privilege called children. You're entrusted with secrets your daughters and your sons give you, and, and they don't want you to tell anybody else, and you don't want to tell anybody else, it's just between you and them. You're entrusted with conversations that can only be ha handled between a mother and children. And we see a great trust. We see Hannah in the, in the scriptures as a woman of great trust. Hannah is Samuel's mother. And she is trying so hard to have a child, and she's, she's praying, and it talks about this in 1 Samuel chapter 1. She's praying so hard, and she's before the altar saying, God, I want a child. And she's praying so intently, so focused, that Eli the priest comes up and thinks she's been kind of sipping on wine. Sometimes it's a little crazy being a mom, isn't it? People look at you and think, you're crazy, it's okay. Sometimes you have to get a little crazy because it's for your kids. Hey, I coach sports. I saw some crazy mamas, okay? People can hide behind whatever they want to, but I saw it. Okay, why aren't my baby playing? Because he's not any good. <laughs> uh, okay, you're fired. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I wanted to say that for a while. That seemed like a great opportunity. Oh, man. 
But you see Hannah, she kind of looks a little crazy because she's intense. She wants this child so badly. And she says, God, if you will give me a child, I will give him back to you. She vowed it, and all of a sudden, God began to see trust in her. He, he saw a woman that was trustworthy. And I'm looking at mothers who are trustworthy. God has entrusted children into your hands and family into your hands, and we want to say thank you for standing up and doing what's necessary, keeping those secrets, keeping those conversations in the most difficult times. Great people of trust are described as people that have followed through. See if any of these... Talk about your mom. They have follow through. They go above and beyond. They are connectors. Your mom connects constantly. She doesn't. She connects the friend, connects the, the kids to the husband and, and to, your, to your kids. They are resourceful. Oh, how'd you make that? I don't know. What'd you make it out of? I don't know, but it's exactly what we needed at the right time. Maybe that's how they got goulash. I don't know. Just creating stuff. <laughs> They're consistent. Consistently a mother, not perfect, but consistent, and they are available. You know, at any time you can call and visit and talk and say, I need your help. I know it's 3 a.m., I know it's 2 a.m., I know it's in the middle of the day, but I need you. And we see that Hannah developed that trust, that God looked down on her and saw her as a trustworthy woman. And I want you guys to know, women, uh, mothers, that as God looks down, he holds you in trust. That's the reason why you have the child. That's the reason why you have the influence. You might not be walking in it, but it's there. It's there. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 22, she says this. She, it says, as soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him. Verse 24, and when she had weaned him, she took him up with her. And it's amazing to begin to read the life of, of Samuel because every time they would go up and do the sacrifices year after year after year, every time mom would show up with a little coat that she had fastened for him year after year. Can you imagine his anticipation? Mom's coming. Can you imagine the trust that it built in him after seeing his mom year after year after year after year coming back? Checking on him, seeing him, making sure that, 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 that he knew that, that, that she loved him. Now, I know some of this is conjecture, but we're moms and dads in the room, and, and we understand this. We'd go up, and she would say, how are you doing? And you can imagine that trust. And it's interesting to me, in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, Samuel is beginning to speak to the nation of Israel for one of the first times. And this is what he says. And Samuel said to the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and ashtrophs from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. How did he get so much trust in his life towards his God? I'm convinced that it must have been an influence of a mother who trusted God and said, God, if you give me a son, I'm going to entrust him back to you, and I'm going to go check on him, and I'm going to let him know. He had to hear the stories of his mama trust in God and now it's his turn and as we look into scripture he says one simple thing you can trust him if you'll throw all those things to the side that so easily entangle you and you'll give your heart back to God then he will save you and he will deliver you and he will do what he said he would do mothers as you read scripture as you pray as you seek God for your child and your life thank you 
Thank you for the great trust that they can come to you and, and, and tell you things that they struggle with tell you things that, that are problematic in their life and you don't belittle them, you don't look down on them, but rather you, you have an open heart and a love towards them that's impossible to explain and you're saying you can do it. It's crazy. The whole world will think the child's lost, but the mama will look at them and be like, no, there's still something there. I trust God. Thank you, moms, for trusting God. Thank you for holding that trust dear to your heart. Thank you for having that great trust. And the final thing here as we close is we see the great faith. A great mom always has great faith. In Luke chapter 1 verse 6, it's talking about a lady named Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth was barren until her older years, her husband Zechariah. Zechariah is a priest at this time. And this is what it says about Elizabeth and Zechariah, verse 6, chapter 1 of Luke. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. What, 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 is, what is the scripture saying, that she was perfect? No, but she did it in a way that honored God. It shows us in scripture that she made up her mind that how she was going to serve God was to the best of her ability. She was going to let that great faith take over. Now, her son is John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is one of those weird guys. Locusts, eats locusts and wild honey, dressed in camel skin. I mean, it was crazy. He'd go out into the wilderness. But whenever he began to preach, he preached like a madman. He would say things like this. Listen, you need to repent. You need to be baptized. There's this thing called forgiveness of sins that you need to ask. He would look at Pharisees that were bending the law and using it in selfish ways. And he'd look at them and say, you brood of vipers or you pit of snakes. All you're doing is using this selfishly. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go and love Christ. I mean, he was so passionate and so convincing and conviction hit that people would be begin to shout out from the crowd then what do we do how do we get this faith what do you think you learned that from probably a mama who had great faith a mama who prayed scripture a mama who sang over her son a mama who said listen john you keep doing it you can do this god has a plan for your life he's called you to be a voice in the wilderness you talking about that guy who eats wild honey and locusts People going to listen to him? Yeah, not only are they going to listen, they're going to get saved. It said that tax collectors came and got saved. It said soldiers came and got saved. Where do you think that began? Because it began with the mom with great faith. Moms, thank you for your great faith. Thank you for reading and praying and loving and bringing your kids to church. Thank you for teaching them about the word. You don't shy off of that great faith. You keep letting it, letting them have it, okay? You keep praying to them, you keep loving them, and you keep keeping the faith. But the great faith that's in you is a seed that's in that child. That great faith that's in you is what's going to cause them to hold on. Later on, we read about John the Baptist. He's before Herod the king. And it's between his faith and death, and he knows it. But see, he had a mama that prayed. He had a mama that loved. He had a mama that knew, knew Scripture and taught him Scripture. And ultimately, we know that that instance where he stood before the king and said, listen, you cannot have your brother's wife. This is not right. It is not biblical, and I'm not going to act like it's biblical. I'm not going to say that it's biblical. And it cost him his life. The powerful thing about great faith is at one point that child is going to need it. 
And they will be face to face with something and they will look back at the scriptures that you've read over them. They'll look back at the string of the Holy Spirit in their heart and their mind. And they'll remember that great faith. So mothers, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for all the reading, all the loving, all the caring. Thank you for those times whenever you woke up and it was Sunday morning and it was late. You had three kids to get ready and you didn't know what to do. So you just piled them up in the car. Here we go because we're going to church. Thank you. Thank you for the multiple times that you sat down on the couch and maybe you weren't able to make it church, but you still were disciplined enough to turn on the TV, find a church service, and make up your mind that we're going to have church right here. And we're going to build faith. Because great mothers always have great faith. They have a great love, a great sacrifice, a great trust, and a great faith. And I'll leave you with this. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 28 and 29. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Why? It's the same thing that I see here today, because I see women of great faith, of great trust, of great sacrifice, and great love. And we want to say that we recognize that to the best of our ability, and we say that we love you and thank you. Would you bow your head with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.